What was it like to, to, to share a screen and, and to, to share a space with those actors? It was a, a total dream, an absolute dream. Um, I mean, you don't, it doesn't really sink in quite until you get onto the set. Coming up on the official Celtic FC podcast. We look back on Celtic's scintillating six against Aberdeen. To make it six, a clinical finish from all. And Scottish actor Sean Connor joins us to talk about his career and share his memories as a lifelong Celtic supporter. The right of me was, you know, uh, Sanjeev and the Navid get up. This is the official Celtic FC podcast. Hello and welcome to the official Celtic FC podcast, the only podcast that gives you behind-the-scenes access here at Celtic Park. My name is Matthew Campbell and I'm going to be the host today. And joining me, I'm delighted to say, we have Dalen Doherty. Dalen, how are you? Yeah, brilliant, Matt. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it was a wonderful weekend for Celtic across the board. We're going to get into that, get a little review of some of the matches that took place uh, over the weekend. But before that, introduce our guests here today. Um, this guy is a, an actor in Scotland whose profile is growing non-stop. He's known for his roles in River City and Still Game, as well as his ever-expanding list of theatre credits. He's a rising star of the Scottish acting scene, and I'm making him blush a little bit there by giving him that whole rundown. <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to welcome Sean Connor to the podcast. Sean, wonderful to have you here, and... Uh, and I hope you'll enjoy your time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks very much for having me, mate. That was a bit... Aye. That was a lot, that, that by the way. It was lovely. Well, Thanks I'll, I'll run through the whole list of credits later, <laughs> don't worry, and give you a real redneck. But before we do that, <laughs> why don't we dive in um, to the review of yesterday's... Uh, we're, we're obviously recording this on Monday. Yesterday's match against Aberdeen. 6-0 victory at home. It was a wonderful, wonderful team performance. Dalen, initially, just your thoughts overall on the game. I thought it was an excellent performance from Celtic. It was really the right response after uh, Tuesday's bitter disappointment. It was just f- th- th- funny that the week was two six nils, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, one of bitter despair yeah. in the Champions League and one of you know e- excellent domestic bliss for yeah. the for the team. Um, but yeah, they were they were outstanding. The only the only kind of issue in the game was Kyogo's injury I think and hopefully he's okay yeah. I know he's probably not going to travel to Japan for the international um, duty now so yeah. I think that's a, a real bitter blow for him hopefully he's fine through the international break but I know we'll, we'll touch on it but um, what a performance from Lewis Palmer absolutely it was it was, it was, it was sensational Sean I know you were at the game mm-hmm. yesterday you're a busy man you've been touring non-stop recently mm-hmm. doing uh, different productions you were at the match yesterday mm-hmm. you were able to make it along you must have enjoyed that oh what a game to come back to I mean it was total dominant performance mm. for the get go um, I mean it was vintage broadball wasn't it it was absolutely <laughs> yeah, it was. cracking to watch I thought the front three were exceptional I thought I mean Palmer obviously gets spoken about a lot um, because you know three goals uh, sorry three assists and one goal but I thought Yang in the first half was yeah. absolutely outstanding I, th- I think you're right to, to mention Yang there Sean I think that's really probably the best wing play we've yep. seen since the manager came back to the club since mm-hmm. the likes of Roberts and Forrest and Sinclair in those days mm-hmm. um, I thought Yang and Palmer were Outstanding that first half, Yang was electric. He was, and I actually heard um, Brendan Rogers after the match talking about Yang, and he sort of singled him out because obviously he was sensational yep. yesterday. But he was sort of saying that you know, uh, when Yang first came in, he's a good size, you know, he's, and he's a threat. But in Brendan Rogers' mind, Yang would either beat the man or lose the ball. But now 
he's offered more than that. I was saying it was my variety, he, yeah. Guys, right, yeah. His work rate has increased. He's also got on the, getting on the end of the cross ball as well. But mm. let's dive into it then. We'll single out uh, some of the some of the great performances yesterday. But first of all, I've got to say, overall, as a team performance, I thought it was excellent yesterday. 78% uh, of possession mm. for Celtic. 714 completed passes by, by, by the team. It was an overall wonderful performance yeah. from, our, from our boys. But let's single out, I guess, the man of the moment. Lewis Palmer. Mm. Dalen, what are your thoughts on him and how he's progressed? I just think he's been an unbelievably good signing. I think, you know, he's came into the role. Jota left the club mm. um, to go <clears> to the, the Saudi Pro League. And there was, you know, he can leave a hole in the hearts of the Celtic fans. Yeah. I and mean, we needed somebody that could come in. He's came in late in the window as well and, and really filled that hole. Five goals he's got for Celtic, three assists yesterday. Not got his assists to hand, no. but um, he's certainly making an impact. And, and by the way, a lot of people. Sean, as you, as you know, there's, there's always a thing about that number seven jersey. Oh and he, I think the fact he's maybe just, the fact he's a winger has yeah. alleviated a bit of that pressure. He's playing brilliantly and um, it's, it's just a shame in a, a couple of weeks' time he's going to be suspended in Rome I because know. He's, he, oh, is playing, Christ, he is playing so well. Yeah. You know? Well, you're talking about that impact that he makes. Currently, Lewis Palmer's racking up a one goal contribution, be that a goal or an assist. One goal contribution every 47 minutes. Wow. That's his, that's his numbers just now. He's playing out of his skin. Sean, he's, he's so exciting to watch. How far do you think that this guy can go? Well, I mean, for, for what we've seen already, I, I, I would say pretty far if, if what we're seeing already is anything to go by. I think um, he seems to have a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. He's really kind of, he's got some whip into the ball. He's starting to kind of, it looks like he's growing confidence to the yeah. point where he's starting to kind of run at the man a wee bit more and take on the man. Um, brilliant delivery and he can ping a ball. And he loves a shot. He has loves he, a shot. For, he, and I love a winger that loves a shot for outside You were box. obviously, you, you're, you sit um, Lisbon lines Lisbon low. Lisbon just so behind the goal. You're behind the goal. Yep. In the first half, there was a couple of times where he gets the ball and, and it's maybe, it doesn't look initially like it's a good shooting position. But he works. He finds he finds a yard and has has a dig, and I it's right in front of you. I think, it's, yeah. good I think to he's watch. quite yeah. similar to David Turnbull in that sense. Yeah. He takes that shot on to almost just get his range to see yeah. you know what he can test off the goalkeeper. Mm. I think that like you said, Sean, he's got everything. He's maybe not got blistering pace, no. yeah. but he's so intelligent. He's a big he boy as well. Yeah, he is. He is. You know, I didn't, I didn't actually realise when we'd signed him until you know I seen him on on the pitch for the first time how quite big he is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably where that kind of maybe lack of pace comes from. But as I said, he's grown in confidence and he's really starting to make up with it. Yeah. He's taking the man on and if he can't get by the man, then he's finding the pass. Yeah. Or he's whipped like that ball for all yesterday. I know, that was outside my, of the oh boot. My. Mm. My I know it's been doing the rounds <laughs> on, yeah. on Twitter. It's almost the same ball, but it's, uh, or X I should say. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an, it's an incredible um, bit of skill yeah. from Palmer. And you've seen it at Tynecastle as well, the ball he plays in for O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. He's got that to his game. He's got, mm -hmm. he's got it. A bit of a strike on him as well. We've seen at Ross County, he can really like you know hit a ball well, and uh, it's going to go in his confidence as well. Absolutely. That he's now probably the penalty taker. It was a good well. penalty, by the way. I've got yeah. to say, I know that sometimes there's a sort of growing feeling, I guess, with the run up, but, you yeah. know, yeah. With, with these uh, <laughs> with, with these penalties that uh, we're not we're not overly confident maybe at times uh, with these pens. But I thought yes, it was a it was a good finish. He deserved. He deserved to get his to get the goal yesterday. Aye, yeah. Another guy, of course, getting his name on the score sheet uh, with 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 a brace was O. Um, yeah. And I thought it was great to, to see him getting those goals. What do you think that will do for his confidence? I think it will be massive for his confidence, Matt. I think he's 
he just needs to to really kick on now as a, as a Celtic player. He's just not getting the starts mm-hmm. that you know that probably Yakimakis could come in and do. But he's playing the role. You know, he's coming off the bench. The manager would have looked at that and can he make an impact? And he gets two goals. He, he done well at Ross County. You know, he was denied probably mm. a goal that was pretty. You know, depends on the frame of the replay, yeah. or whether it was onside <laughs> or offside. And then it's at Mirren the week before. He's he scored a late winner, so it, he's certainly growing into it. He's just not getting the starts probably because of the power of Kyogo. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's the issue with that role. But he's um, he's really going to have to kick on mm. now. And I think there's a player there. It just really needs to keep you know coming on, making that impact, and, and scoring the goals. And he's. He's, a, he's a certainly one to watch, I think. A 100%. young player as well. 100%. And, mm-hmm. and Sean, for yourself, watching on that game yesterday, obviously, it was unfortunate the injury that, that, that Kyogo picks up. And you're quite yeah. right. Yeah. I think I heard the manager Sorry. saying yesterday that he won't obviously now travel uh, with the with the Japanese international team because he has to rest for, yeah. for, for, for seven it's, days, I it's think. It's a it is. shocking challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great, great to watch. Uh, it, was, it was poor. Um, it really was. I know, I know I've seen things where he, he's got himself in front and there's a ball there to be won, mm. but, you know, it's a head injury. If that's two-footed challenge, the guy's off. Totally. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a bad one. It looked bad from where I was sitting. I'm sure it looked yeah. It didn't look great from where it you were sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, for me, that actually wasn't even the contact that made me kind of go oof. It was. It was the way Kyogo hit the deck. Yeah, I think he was knocked out before he actually. Yeah, it, looked, it, looked, it looked yeah. that way. It, it yeah. looked that way because he just kind of. I mean, he kind of face plants the ground. Which yeah. it, it, it's it, great they walked off. I was. I was delighted to see that. It was, yeah. it was awful. To you could see the initial panic in the players as well. I was expecting it, a stretcher to come in. But obviously, what the positive I guess that we can take is that then the guys that come on do do a job for yourself. We're talking about oh. Um, there Sean how important is it to have guys like that that are coming off the bench and are able to, to put the ball in the back of the net it's massively important and I think I, t- I totally agree with everything that Dalen said I think um, I like oh, I like I like watching him I think he offers something different to mm-hmm. Kyogo in terms of he's more physical mm-hmm. he throws his cell about a wee bit more which is great you know when sometimes you're, you're maybe needing to hold a lead and you're needing a striker up there he can lump the ball up to and just hold up the play Um and he can finish as well, and he makes good runs. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not get the same pace as Kyogo, yeah. and obviously Kyogo's ridiculous. So you're not you're not <laughs> taking him out of the team, which is obviously a shame for him. But every time he gets an opportunity, he's taking a bit of horns. Yeah, so you yeah. can't really ask for he much. He just more hasn't than that. had much starts. I looked at prior to the Ross County game. Yeah. He hadn't started since May mm-hmm. um, against Hibs in a four-two defeat. So he hadn't started up until. November and obviously there's there's reason for that and that O's got to play his part in that and and try and get the manager's eye. Yeah. But he's he, he's now getting in amongst the goals. I think that last goal, you know, Forrest is screaming for the ball mm-hmm. and he's taking it on and scored himself. Which I think if you're low in confidence, you maybe think about playing that yeah, pass yeah. in. Yeah. But he scores the goal. He gets two goals on the day and he's got obviously a bit of a a thing for Aberdeen. He scores yeah, goals yeah, off the bench for them. But um, no, it was it was. A really good um, good afternoon's work Aye. for him, especially given Kyogo's injury. You've got to take that chance. And it was yeah. a great a great result overall, a wonderful performance. <clears throat> and obviously it's the perfect way to respond from um, the defeat that we sustained in Europe and mm-hmm. also a great way to go into the international... I heard Chris Sutton say it was 6-6 six, six in aggregate yeah. for the week, so <laughs> we'll, the take week. The, we'll take we'll that. We'll take that, <laughs> not bad, that's, it. that's absolutely right. Um, another uh, good result over the weekend came for the, the, the women's team in the quarter-final of the Sky Sports Cup. They were up against Glasgow City and obviously delighted that they 
managed to rack up a 3-0 mm-hmm. victory and send themselves into the semi-final on the score sheet for the women's team. Natalie Ross, Amy Gallagher, Kit Lefersky. It's wonderful, you know, for Fan Alonso's side. That draw for the semi-final is getting made on, on Thursday. They've had a great start to the season overall and that 3-0 win over Glasgow City can only surely give them such confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's it's changed days, hasn't it? You know, I, I remember Glasgow City being the mentality block for Fran and, mm. and his team and, and <clears throat> they worked so hard to overcome that. You know, they've beat them earlier in the season by a last-minute winner through yeah. Colette Kavanagh and then they've won 3-0 to knock them out of the cup. To, to beat them so convincingly, the champions of um, Scotland, of course, mm-hmm. um, it is change days and it's it's days that you know we hope that Fran and his, his team can can continue to push forward and and try and win this cup that they they won a couple of seasons ago didn't yes. win it last year but they, they need good chance for them they've got good records in the cup under yeah. Fran so and they've bounced back well from that defeat to Rangers so you know hopefully they can kick on and hopefully have another good season to remember for Fran and the, and the girls absolutely and we'll be watching with interest to see who the they draw on uh, on Thursday in the semi-final draw and actually later this week we've got a little chat about that game and about the season so far overall uh, with a few of the, the, the women's team who will be joining us on the podcast later in the week. But of course, today we're absolutely delighted to have Scottish actor Sean Connor with us here in the studio for the official Celtic FC podcast. Sean, we ran through your sort of career so far mm-hmm. uh, quite briefly at the start of the of the show but just to give our listeners and, and viewers a bit more of an extensive insight into who you are and what you've what you've been up to over the last couple of years like I say you're an actor who's growing in profile and whose list of credits is ever expanding mm-hmm. uh, right now so far through your through your, your career in terms of TV and film credits we look we look there we can see that you've been in River City you appeared in Still Game as well Anna and the Apocalypse, which was a feature film, as well as the feature film Schemers, which, if I'm not mistaken, was actually on uh, the TV recently. Was it was, it? yeah. TV debut on BBC Scotland on Saturday night there at 10 o'clock. Fantastic. So that was nice. It was good. I'm sure people can probably catch that on the iPlayer. I'm pretty sure they would be able to. Right? Um, out with TV and film, of course, like any good actor, this man plays his trade by treading the boards. The theatre <laughs> is where he's at. His <laughs> theatre credits include performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the Oran Moor, the Tron Theatre, the Traverse Theatre, and you recently worked for the National Theatre of Scotland. So you're doing very well for yourself. Uh-huh. But we want to touch, of course, on a couple of the points um, or a couple of those uh, those credits that we've, we've mentioned there yeah. to be honest Sean I think the place that we'll start is with a, a, a Scottish institution because you were uh, you, you appeared in the last ever episode yeah. of Still Game yeah, Series amazing. 9 the episode mm-hmm. Over the Hill the, the final episode of Still Game you played the charity worker mm-hmm. Gary I think yeah. the name was Gary. in that episode Tell us what that was like, working with those legends. You know, th- these are people who are household names, instantly recognisable. Everybody yep. knows those characters as well, of yep. Jack, Victor, Isa, Navid. What was it like to, to, to share a screen and, and to, to share a space with those actors? It was a, a total dream, an absolute dream. Um, I mean, you don't it doesn't really sink in quite until you get onto the set mm-hmm. and they're all kicking about in the get-up. Like, mm-hmm. I remember turning up to the set and, you know, having to get into my trailer, get my costume on and then getting sent into makeup and walking in and sitting in the chair and to the right of me was, you know, uh, Sanjeev and the Navid get up mm-hmm. and Greg and the Victor get up and then I had Jane and the Isa get up right there and it was just like sitting into that chair and they were all so, so lovely. Um, 
made me feel really, really comfortable because I think naturally you guys will know yourself. It's like growing up mm. with, with Ford and Greg's work, even yeah. chewing the fat and all that. It's almost like a kind of home comfort to so many people. So to then be sitting there and have them next to me just chatting away as if it's all normal was um, was was a bit mental. But it was uh, listen, it was a total dream, total bucket list mm. moment for me. So it was. What did you learn from them? Any advice or nuggets that they um, bestowed on to you? Advice or nuggets? Um, I mean. One of the most mental things, I think, was, again, realising how big that it actually is. Mm -hmm. Remember we were on set and we've literally we've, we've called action. So we've, we've started a take, we're about to shoot this scene and the scene was uh, Greg and Ford are coming towards me and they're trying to avoid me. They get this kind of juggle ball out and they try and avoid me because I'm trying to obviously get money off them. Um, <laughs> And we had, to, we had we, it was about 13, 14 takes before we managed to get it right because we guys were just running on to the during takes we're just running on <laughs> and running up to Ford and Greg like that <laughs> with our phones um, to try and get selfies just in the middle of takes and I suppose if it, if, if that taught me anything it's patience yeah because it absolutely. seemed as if this was something that happened absolutely everywhere they went and that can be quite a frustrating thing do you know yeah. what I mean when you're doing take after take of the same thing and it was quite a simple scene what it was was them walking towards us and then kind of getting the way by me. But it was constant. It was constant. It'd be another one, and then another one, and another one. And the two of them never, they never snapped. They never showed mm -hmm. any kind of thing. Maybe they're always dead pleasant. So it was good to see that kind of, you know, nice and kind of patient yeah. and kind of have a laugh with it. I uh, suppose. Uh, and that professionalism of the focus. And, Absolutely, and, professionalism. Uh, well, it's um, it? it's one of those where Dylan, there's there's no doubt it is the biggest Scottish television show of all time. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I guess maybe. People would argue Taggart or something would rival, yeah. but let's be honest here. How many people are walking about day to day quoting Taggart, yeah. for example? Still games the show. I, I mean, I think it's like I, it's it's so weird because in my home it's one of those things. If I I can't find anything to watch, mm -hmm. it's almost it plays a role of friends in my home, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Still game is like the one where. I put on the TV, um, you know, if there's nothing else on, and you have a laugh. You almost forget about the early stuff. It's hilarious yeah. some, some mm -hmm. of the stuff and like you of a similar age Sean you would have grew up with that and mm -hmm. to share a stage with uh, share a, a set with them it must have been it must have been as you say surreal um, but it's, it's, it's brilliant um, it must have been a great thrill when that you know series was released and mm -hmm. that episode came on Aye. what was that like sitting down to, obviously you're an actor you've you've, you've watched yourself back you'll, you'll have you know had received notes and mm -hmm. rehearsals or whatever but was there an extra buzz because it was still game when when you sat and watched it back? Was there an extra thrill? 100%. 100%. I think, um, actually, as well as that, I think because it was the last ever episode, mm. I think the viewing figures for that one episode compared to the rest of the season were it was astronomical. Can you give us an idea of what that would look like? Or it, was, told that? Uh, there was, it was in the millions. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure there was m like a few million more viewers mm. wow. for that one from what I'd heard. Um, and obviously just actually, obviously when you're there and you're doing it, it's great, but you're also, you're trying to be professional, keep the heat on, <laughs> get everything done, yeah. don't pure fanboy yeah. over them too yeah, much, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so it's very different when you actually see it on screen and you see it kind of come to life and to see myself in scenes yeah. with these people that, as you say, I've kind of grown up with all my life um, was 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 magical. Fantastic. Proper magical moment, so it was. That's... Um it's a wonderful, it's wonderful to hear those stories as well. You know, what a buzz that must have been mm -hmm. to, to share. Obviously, the set with them. In terms of out with away from TV and film, of course, Sean. Having a look at the credits list, <clears throat> the majority of your work in the acting world has come in theatre mm -hmm. so far, which is 
a totally different, uh, like not a different skill set, but a different experience, I guess, of, of you know, f- being on a, a film set because Sean's talking about the thirteen and fourteen takes to maybe get it right. Uh-huh. Sean will know himself when he's on stage; he's got one chance to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there in the moment. That can be the be the thrill of it, I guess, as well. Recently, Sean, you were touring uh, the the play Moorcroft with mm-hmm. uh, the National Theatre of Scotland in association with the, the Tron yep. uh, Theatre. I went along to see Moorcroft. Mm-hmm. It was performing through in, in Cumbernauld. Sold out performance that night, as the majority of those those shows on the run were. To, to just give you a little brief overview of what the show Moorcroft was about, it was about a football team. Um, I think it was set in the 1980s. Um, 1989, yeah. 1989. And it focused on the individual struggles of each of the players within the team. It's a true story. It dealt with a lot of different issues, you know, men's mental health, lack of opportunities, um, different afflictions and addictions and so on. What I found utterly striking when I came along to see the show was that there was a number of people within that theatre who were quite openly discussing, and you could hear them talking about the fact that they'd never been to a theatre before, but because of the subject matter, being a football-related yep. uh, play, that's such a such a uh, popular theme, I guess, that they'd come along to see that. Sean, what was that sh- you know show like to be a part of? It seemed like such a powerful part that you were playing in it as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean without a doubt, it's the most kind of... It's the, spe- it's the most special show that I've ever been a part of. I think um, getting the opportunity to tell that kind of... Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly working class story. Mm. Um, it being a true story as well, kind of added a lot more pressure on it. Um, and I remember when I first got the part, because um, obviously the writer and director Ailey Lone, um, it's it's about her dad's experiences. Um, so we ended up kind of you know quite close with the family through that, and we ended up meeting some of the boys who actually played in that real football team. They all came to see the show, um, and it was that kind of it was a you kind of had a feeling of. You know, you're not just doing this. This isn't just a job. Mm-hmm. You're not just doing this for. You know, this is your next job, and then on your next one, it felt like you were telling a story that really needed to be told, and kind of bringing, you know, the real boys that were part of the story, bringing their kind of story to life. Um, and a lot of the things that they would say is after they seen the show initially for the first time were really quite quite emotional and really quite hard to take because these were kind of boys who've never seen themselves represented on screen or on a stage before. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what the show set out to do and that's exactly what it did in the end. Um, I mean, the response to it was, was overwhelming. I think we'd, we'd done two full runs at the Tron Theatre, never done a show without getting a standing ovation mm-hmm. and that was the exact same on the tour as well. So, I mean, if we ever date again and we don't get a standing ovation, we'll get a bit of a shot. But yeah, it's such an important story. So to have the opportunity to kind of tell that, and I think that the the biggest thing about it, and I think why it connects with so so many people so well, is because it's so relatable to a number Mm -hmm. of people, and it's people who maybe who maybe don't see their own lives on screen. Um, And I think that the main kind of message of it is I mean it was all about how you know football can up- uplift you football's such a massive part of working class communities and it's such a big big thing for you know it's life for a lot of people yeah. um, and obviously the, the kind of the mental health angle of it um, the kind of big message in there is you know talk to your mates talk to your mates as much as you possibly can and, and make sure everybody's alright because obviously with that being said in 19, 1989 the kind of whole idea of it was that they never spoke yeah. and so they never knew and that caused a lot of problems mm. for the for these young boys. Obviously, we live in a time now where, you know, 
the stigma around it and, and kind of talking about it more is on the up, which yeah. is a wonderful thing. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff that, that was in the show, a lot of the subject matter that was in the show that I think is still quite prevalent today. Um, and so that's why I think it's such an important story. So to be a part of that and to be able to tell that story was, um, was yeah, an unbelievable experience. And it's still probably the favourite, one of my favourite, and especially in theatre, yeah, yeah. my favourite job that I've done to this date. It's uh, they're good words, really good words. It's an, it is so important, but more than that, Dylan as well. Mm. I, I think also, you know, the the, the accessibility of it. I, I think there's at times maybe an idea that uh, certainly I think maybe amongst working class people of theatre is I wouldn't go to the theatre. Yeah. Theatre's not for me. Mm, yeah. That show or that 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 performance that night, being there myself to go and see it, it really was a sort of eye opener for for me as well. Looking around the the audience and just seeing how important how important that can be you know a, yeah. a, a show that people can relate to performances that people can relate to yeah. as well um well i think i said to you the other night matt i think um the tron the first time we'd done it last february the tron had done a survey of you know everybody that had came to see the show and um the results of the survey were that 55 percent of the people that came through the tron's doors to watch it had never been to a theater mm -hmm. show before in their entire life wow which is mental i think that's exactly what Ailey set out to do with the show was to try and bring theatre to people who as you say would maybe think oh maybe it's not for yeah. me but it just proves that if you put stories that are relatable yeah. to these people they will come yeah. they will come they will buy a ticket and they will sit down and watch it and they'll be affected by it yeah, yeah so. the subject matter just really resonates Absolutely. with the public yeah. I've got to say as well, the soundtrack for the, the show was superb. It's also, with uh, Joy Division, yeah. The Jam, yeah. it was excellent. Absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. It was a great performance. Um, obviously, you've, you've you've done quite a bit of theatre uh, work. What's your favourite venue that you've ever performed in? Oh, that's tough. Because um, you've, you've, you've had most of the big ones in Scotland, I guess. Uh -huh. So what, out of all of them, what, what was your favourite th uh, venue that you've ever performed in? Do you know what? I'd have to say the Tron, you know? Yeah. The Tron, I, I think the Tron is an outstanding space. Um, it's a really good size. The acoustics in it are great. For me, I think, I mean, if I'm ever going to see a theatre show, I would want to be in the front or second, first or second row, mm -hmm. right? Because you want to be kind of, you want to be in it. And I think the Tron, kind of, the way the space is, it kind of creates that. From anywhere you are, you feel like you're you're quite involved. Yeah. I think that's where good, good theatre kind of really hits home is if you really feel almost involved in it or yeah. you feel invested in it. I think the Tron creates that. Just the way that it's laid out creates mm -hmm. that quite well. It's a lovely space to play as well. So Aye. I would always go back to the Tron. In fact, the Tron, funnily enough, was the first I'd ever done. Oh, really? So Moorcroft the last February was my first ever professional theatre job. Wow. So it was. So it's always going to be a bit of a special place. Aye, it's a wee special place. It's, so a, it's a strong theatre culture in Glasgow and it's clearly in safe hands. Guys like Sean who are speaking <laughs> so passionately and mm -hmm. and with uh, such, I guess, power on, on, on some of this subject matter. So Sean, what, what what comes next then? What what's up next on your agenda? Next job for me is um, I'm actually, you know, buzzing. I'm go I'm going to Sydney Festival right. with a show. So we done a show called Ode to Joy at the Fringe last year, um, which went down really really well. Um, we won a Fringe First Award and it sold out every single show. Um, and then found out kind of a couple of months ago that, that Sydney Festival were wanting it for the January programme. I thought we just slipped that in there. Oh, yeah. We sold it every show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to try to slip that in there quietly. Um, <laughs> so aye, that's, that, that's what's next. Um, 3rd of January we start rehearsals for that. Fantastic. And then we're flying out. So, and that's the first time I've that's the first time I've done a job anywhere that isn't the UK. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and I'm going that far away. So you have never been out there before? No, never. No. Never been that far. Never been that far. So I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. I mean it's it, 
that's the best thing about jobs like that, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's the you know you're you're basically it's a vocation for you, Absolutely. but you're you're actually seeing you're going to end up seeing parts of the world that 100%. you would never ever see usually, and that's I think like it grows you as a person as well. Yeah. Going to places like like Sydney and Australia, like how often would you ever get to go? I, had, I mean, to well, well, rarely, very very rarely, and I think I mean look, it's no whether I'm doing it in Glasgow or I'm doing it in Sydney or I'm doing it in you know wherever. It's not really. It doesn't feel at work mm-hmm. to me. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's the it's, best thing about it's it. what I'm passionate about, right. and, and it's what I love to do. So it never really feels like work, whether I'm in Easterhouse or Adelaide. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, from Easterhouse to Adelaide, John <laughs> Connor's story. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's, that, your, that's your autobiography, that's right the, there. That's the headline, <laughs> uh, Sean. What, have you got any big ambitions? You know, you've 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 done a lot of the big sort of Scottish theatre uh, gigs, play a pie and a pint, for example, mm-hmm. the Fringe. Yep. You've been in Still Game. You've done all these. You get any big ambitions in the in the acting game? Well, I mean, I'd love to. You know, I want to get to a point where I mean, I'd love to do big, big theatre in London. Mm-hmm. I'd love to work for the National Theatre at some point in my life, um, and kind of really take because that's a totally different type of pressure doing there. It's huge, um, but it's a challenge that I think that I'd love to kind of relish in. Um, and in terms of film and TV, I just want to work with the best directors. Yeah, I'd love to work with Shane Meadows at one point. Yeah, this is England. This Dead England, Man's yeah. Shoes. Always been a massive fan of him. Um, and you know, if I, if there was ever an actor that I would, you know, kill for the chance to work with, it would be Stephen Graham. Oh, I think yeah, he's yeah. absolutely exceptional. I think even still, even though he's worked with Scorsese, you know, he's criminally underrated. Mm. Um, and I just think um, he's an outstanding actor, and I'd love to just get the chance to even. Even if it was a, do you know, even just a scene, just yeah. to stand and watch him yeah, and just yeah. learn film, do you know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my main ambition is to kind of keep going the way I'm going and, and you know hopefully get to a point where I'm working with the best directors in the game and I'm working with the best actors in the game um, and just you know shoot for the top. Well, I'm sure mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you'll achieve that. And if Shane Meadows or Stephen Graham happen to be watching <laughs> or listening to the official Celtic FC podcast. Get in contact with Sean and get him, get him <laughs> called up. Now, Sean, you're obviously, as well as being a wonderful young actor, um, you're a Celtic supporter, which yes. is always good, mm-hmm. and you're a Celtic season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. So we'll round up the podcast uh, today. Um, well, I must say, by the way, I thought that was really quite interesting, some, mm-hmm. of, the, some of the insight that Sean's given us there into the, the acting world. But let's get it back to the, the football world, mm-hmm. the Celtic world. You are... Pretty much the same age as, as myself and, yep. and, and Dalen. A lot of your memories as a Celtic supporter will be quite similar yeah. to ours. It's a very broad question, and I know it's a bit unfair, mm-hmm. um, so don't don't sweat it too much. But growing up, coming through, what are your what's your favourite memory as a Celtic supporter? Well, I always go back to you know I have a I have a very recent one, and then obviously I have a, a kind of much older one for mm-hmm. when I was wee. I always remember the two one against Barca. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always remember that game because I mean, how could you forget it? But also, mm-hmm. growing up, I think when was that? Twenty thirteen. So I must have been about. I think 2012, it was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, I so I was young anyway, and um, I always remember watching that game. Sadly, I wasn't here, but I remember watching that game in the house. And obviously, Tony Watt scores that goal. Me yeah. and my dad nearly go through the coffee table. <laughs> it was mental. Um, but that for me was like, this is what. Fit was all about yeah. just that the, the total magic of the unexpected yeah. and um, and uh, yeah the complete magic of the unexpected it was an incredible kind of night that it just it, unbelievable like, it was so emotional like you Sean I, I wasn't there either yeah. it's one of my yeah. my saddest actually for the fact that I was there no, was cool. I remember that night nobody likes a show off man I, I know I'm sorry listen it's, you've got to let me get in somewhere here but um, 
there was an old uh, guy, an old man that sat in front of me at that point in time. Um, and so obviously Tony Watts scores a second goal, the place yeah. goes crazy. Uh-huh. And then Lionel Messi gets his, uh, his, his goal as he had to. Yeah. And sparks the, la- the the longest five minutes of any Celtic support supporter's life. Oh, uh, but exactly. of course, we get over the line. It's two one. Immediately, the final whistle goes. The tears were just oh. they were instant. Mm-hmm. And I I don't you know I don't mind admitting that I was in floods of tears. Mm-hmm. And this old chap who I had never really spoken to. You know, I, I go to the games with my dad, my brother, and and he he sat in front of us at the point. Never really spoken to him. He turned round and he was also crying and <laughs> immediately we just embraced no, and they were lovely. all the way down the stairs out the stadium were crying and you know we never spoke about that ever again <laughs> <laughs> we never ever spoke about it ever again um, but then I voted him here, right, right here on the podcast it was go. a wonderful night yeah. you're right to bring it up yeah. and you can even look at everyone we were smiling talking I, I remember as well I was so Barcelona were like the greatest ever side in the world at that time That's and right. maybe ever and I remember at the time I was I was in my living room um, in my parents' house um, with my with my friend at the mm. time, and I remember when we got the corner kick, you know, Charlie mm. McGrew putting the, the ball down, yeah. and I was like, I just can't believe we got a corner against them. Oh, <laughs> <God, laughs> they scored, scored from it. One yammer. <laughs> I know oh. it's incredible. Man. It was just a a wonderful night, and as you say, that's the magic of football. Oh, yeah. It's just been a shame. It's no the magic of Celtic, yeah, but it's it's been uh, that was. Outstanding on Celtic's birthday as well. It was, it was just meant to be. That was excellent. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's your more recent uh, memory. Is that right, or is that your? Well, I've given where another more recent oh, one. Well, for well, that, what's actually, what's, what's your more recent? For being one? like a kind of for being a, I don't know if being an adult. Yeah, I suppose yeah. um, the three 0 against uh, Angie's first season. Yeah. Against Rangers the midweek game. Oh yeah, that's right. Under the I lights. never. I honestly, that was one of the most raucous games yeah. I've ever been at, and it kind of a time where. You know, we just, I think we had we just beaten Ross County, we just got the last no, one. United, we had beaten Dundee United and Dundee United. Uh, Rangers had dropped points. We were chasing them down uh-huh. that season yeah. and we're this was a chance to go top. Aye, aye. And it, I, just, I remember just to kind of think about that pressure. You know, that was a chance to kind of, obviously we'd set back the previous season and, and, and he kind of mm-hmm. leapfrogged them again. And to go out and play like that and just absolutely blow them away was yeah. incredible. What makes that, obviously the, the lights in the night, yeah. what that game... For me, I remember that was for a lot of people, um, for Celtic fans in the stadium that night, that was us returning to Celtic Park after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was the first that was big, big night well. since the pandemic mm-hmm. where we had no fans in the stadium and mm-hmm. that was like Celtic Park was back. Absolutely know. packed. Yeah, right, the, raucous is the word. I mean, it was like a pressure cooker in there it that was, night. Uh, you know those nights you just turn up to Celtic Park and, and you know... You, you know before the before the the, the first ball was kicked. Yeah, we're, we're winning this game. Aye. I, just it was one of those, it was one of those nights, and uh, it's one of those unforgettable ones. You can almost, if you shut your eyes, you can still hear the Aye. noise yeah. that night when, mm-hmm. when uh, when Rio obviously scores. It's I funny mean, you mentioned It's funny you mentioned that Maravchik esque. I remember when he when he scored the second to Tati that's and he right. just turns around and kind of looks and yeah, it's exactly yeah, like exactly. Maravchik yeah. when he scored his first one against them. Um, that's right. Against Rangers. Against Rangers, aye. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just total disbelief. Yeah. What, 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 what have I walked into here, yeah. aye? Yeah. Um, aye, it totally reminded me of that. So. It's, a, it's the part when um, Abada scores and that's the place right. is still going crazy from mm-hmm. Tati's goal. There's, there's videos going around the fans that haven't even caught the goal because uh-huh. they're still celebrating yeah. the second goal. Yeah. That's um, For me, that is it's, it's a very very, very good memory to have it's, um, and it was that release since so, the pandemic I thought 
Aye. You talk about mental health and you know people going through such a hard time. That was it lifted so many people, and we have mm-hmm. not looked back since. Well, this is it. You're totally right. I, I, it's a good point to finish on as well there because it's the whole thing of we're talking about the importance of of theatre, the importance of football, which is to all intents and purposes, to my mind anyway, the people's theatre coming to a football match, you know, it's, no, it's, yeah, there's always right, there's always you know good and bad heroes and villains in a in a in a football match. That night was so was, was so special. But overall, like the, the overall point that you make, Dylan, is, is is absolutely spot on. It's such an important thing. People coming to the games and mm-hmm. and that outlet and, and and being able to sort of enjoy themselves for that 90, 90 minutes or so. So no, definitely good good point and uh-huh. some fantastic memories shared there, definitely. Sean, as well. Let's we'll round up. We don't have any game coming up to no, um to, no, to, 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 it's to the international break. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and how weird is this? We've qualified. We've qualified, so it's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. You know, know. The most unbothered international <laughs> break we've ever had. Ha- so. Harland's coming to Glasgow and we don't care. Uh, so, uh, Harland's coming and there's it's nothing. It's the one game shows. I've got tickets to, I know. There we go. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. No, Sean, thank you very much for thank joining us today. Thank you very much, man. It's been brilliant to hear from you. Before I go, if I can, yes. I just need to say a wee shout out to Barhead St Mary's Supporters Club. Yes. The best I'm supporters club in the world. Absolutely. Had to get that in there. Good so for you. Fantastic absolutely. stuff. Big shout out to those guys. Thank you very much, Sean. Best of luck. Uh, be sure to send pics from Sydney let us oh, know how you're getting on yeah, it's a good time a year ago as well and not too bad <laughs> slap bang in the middle of summer and absolutely all. brilliant stuff Dylan, cream. Um, thank you as well for no joining problem. us it's great to be here and we will be back later in the week be sure as always to like follow subscribe the podcast and whatever you get up to for the rest of the week enjoy yourself stay safe thank you very much and hail hail